Hello and welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast of Cedar Crest Bible Fellowship Church. I am Pastor Jules, and I'm excited that you have decided to join us here. The teaching or conversation you are about to hear is from our youth group ministry. I hope that you will find it encouraging. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at cedarcrest.church students. I come before you guys tonight with a pretty uh, somber and heavy message. It's just the reality of, uh, reality of the world, reality of the text, where we are in our study. Um, we have been looking at the book of John. And the book of John has one of the most famous passages, the most well-known verses in all of Scripture. Does anyone know what the most famous verse is? John 3.16, what does it say? All right, yes, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, what? Believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. From there on, we have read several stories about different groups of people, some even the closest friends of Jesus, who claim to believe, but don't. For some of them, their level of belief is surfacy. They're interested in seeing what they can get out of Jesus rather than following him. For others, they believe uh, in the fact that Jesus did all these things, that he turned water into wine and he healed many people and he even raised a dead man. And yet they do not trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So clearly there is a difference with the word believe in John 3.16 and the belief of all those different people that we have seen throughout this text. Tonight, we are going to be in John chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 36 through 50. And ultimately, I want each of you to look at and examine your own hearts. Do you truly Believe in Jesus Christ. Do you truly know him as your Lord and Savior? Do you confess him to be your Savior? Because if not, what we see in this text tonight is that there is a judgment coming. A judgment for all of those who don't truly know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the result of that judgment is eternal hell and damnation. And I would hate to get to heaven, see your faces there, being forced to bow down and confess the Lord, confess Jesus as Lord, and to be cast out of heaven into hell. So I urge you, to examine your heart as we read 
these words in John chapter 12. I invite you to stand for the reading of John 12. We're going to be starting at the second part of verse 36. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees did not confess it, so so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the father has told me. You may be seated. So this passage begins with when Jesus had said these things, he hid themselves, he hid himself and departed from them. So for us to really understand what is going on here, we need to back up a little bit to verse 30. Um, Jesus uh, just spoke uh, to the Lord asking for him to glorify his own name. And, and God speaks back and says, I have glorified it. And the crowd hears this audible voice and some of them believe that it is thunder coming from the heavens. And then we start in verse 30. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him. We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the son of man must be lifted up? Who is the son of man? So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Jesus appeals to this crowd 
These are the ones who just a little bit ago shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he in the name who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. This group was ready to make him the king of Israel. And yet Jesus pronounces this judgment upon them. Yet they do not trust him as their Lord and Savior. So when he starts talking about his death, the crowd doesn't understand. The crowd answers him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. Jesus claimed to be the Christ. How could he possibly be talking about being lifted up and dying? They did not truly understand or know who Jesus was or what he meant. But he had an urgent tone that demonstrates the limited opportunity that this crowd had to put their faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus said, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Jesus is the light, but, it will, but he will not shine in the world forever. Jesus is about to be crucified Therefore, the crowd is left to make a choice and to make it quickly before the light disappears. Likewise, we all need to make a choice whether or not to truly trust our souls in Jesus's hands to become sons of light, which means to be one of his disciples, one who reflects the light of Jesus. It is not simply knowing facts about Jesus, what he did that makes you a disciple. It's about following him. It's about obeying him. It's about entrusting our lives to him. There's an age-old illustration of a chair. You can look at a chair You can believe that it was made with material strong enough to support your weight. And you can believe that it was assembled correctly. But that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is sitting in the chair and truly trusting the chair and relying on it to hold your weight off the ground. Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? Are you relying on his death as the full payment for your sin debt? Are you depending on his resurrection as the guarantee for you to be raised to to eternal life after you physically die from this earth? Does your life reflect that you are following Jesus? Is what you do How you think the words that come out of your mouth demonstrate that you are a disciple of Jesus. Or does it show something else? To fail to embrace the light, to refuse to believe means the one means that one will become a victim of the darkness. To reinforce this urgency, Jesus gives an example, a physical example where he intentionally 
disappears and hides himself from the crowd. Jesus' public ministry is now complete. His signs have been displayed in full, and yet the people do not believe. Verse 37. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Over and over again, Jesus both taught and demonstrated his divinity. And yet the people did not believe. John points this out as a fulfillment of what Isaiah said. Who has believed what they have heard from us? This is referring to Jesus' teachings. And who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is referring to his miracles. John is pointing out that to his readers that the Jews both heard and saw Jesus' teachings and miracles. And yet they rejected him as the Messiah. The crowd did not believe, and that's why Jesus hides himself from them. Verse 39 to 41 says, Therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw the glory and spoke of him. Now, at first glance, this can be extremely confusing. It almost seems like the Jews didn't stand a chance to come to faith, that they had zero opportunity to trust Christ as their Savior because God has blinded them from him. But hear me carefully. That's not what the text is teaching us. And the order of events here is very important. We see Jesus in verses 35 to 36 invite the crowd yet again to become sons of light, to believe. We then see that John points out that they still don't believe. That is, that they have hardened their hearts against Jesus and ultimately God. Therefore, God has hardened their hearts. What that means is that he has turned them over to their sin of unbelief. This was an act of judgment on the people. This was not a judgment on every person, but the majority of the people, hearts were hardened. They had every opportunity to believe, to follow Jesus, to be a disciple, but they refused And they rejected him. One commentator explained it this way. The theological message of John 12, 38 to 40 is thus anchored to Isaiah's experience. God called Isaiah to speak to Israel before warned him that his words would find no acceptance. People would hear but fail to understand. They would see but fail to comprehend. Therefore, Isaiah did not fail. Rather, he fulfilled God's purpose. Likewise, Jesus did not fail in his ministry, but he was continuing to prophetic, 
continuing the prophetic experiences of Isaiah. He was simply filling up or completing what Isaiah described in his own time. The Jews should therefore hear John's words and see them as an exhortation to repent of their disbelief and turn to the messenger who can save them. The commentator goes on to say, John is describing what we might call a judicial hardening that settles on a people who are already guilty. When revelation comes, we must believe. But if we refuse to believe, the light disappears. And when God's light departs from the world, the darkness, which is the default state of the world, closes over the unbelieving heart. This tells us that there is an urgency for you to believe. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't think that you need to accomplish X, Y, and Z before you believe in Jesus. You only have this life to decide if you will truly trust in Jesus or not. When we die, it'll be too late. And let me also remind you that none of us know what tomorrow will bring. And any one of us could easily die in a car accident on the way home tonight. And I don't say that to scare you, but I say it to you to feel the reality, the weight of the fact that you have a limited time to respond to the light of the gospel. The consequences for sin and unbelief is God's judgment. He will turn us over to our sin. But I plead with you that while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. In other words, if you are not already a believer, then I invite you to become one now. Repent of your sins and follow Jesus with your life. We also see in this passage that we need to confess him as our savior. That's what we see in verses 42 to 43. There are some people who secretly claim to be believers of Jesus, but yet they don't publicly confess to know him. Verse 42, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. There were some of the Jewish authorities who were interested in Jesus. They may have even started to believe his claims of possibly being the Messiah, but they refused to confess him as their savior because they feared the Pharisees. They did not want to be put out of the synagogues. They loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And the reality is that any one of us can be in this same boat. We can come to church and youth group every Sunday. 
But then throughout the rest of the week, we keep our faith to ourselves. You don't want your friends to know that you're a Christian or that you go to youth group because maybe you think they'll believe that you're crazy or weird or a Jesus freak. Or maybe you don't want them to know because you're trying to live this double life where your friends know you as one way and you participate in things with them that you know you shouldn't do and that doesn't jive with your faith. And so you're trying to live this double life over and over again. And if that's the case, then you are just as guilty as these religious authorities who loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Your faith may be just just a faith of the head, but not a faith that has taken root in your heart. In other words, you can honor God with your lips, but your heart's are far from him. To follow Jesus is to go and tell others despite the social consequences. It is to have your life to be matched up with what you claim to believe. And the reality is that following Jesus is costly. And if we confess to know Jesus, we very well may lose our friends. We very well may lose our families. And in some places of the world, you may well lose your own life for confessing to follow Jesus. Now, praise the Lord that so far we live in a nation where we can openly confess that we are, that we are followers of Christ. And not much will happen other than maybe uh, being made fun of or being rejected. But in other places of the world, people who know, people know if they openly confess Jesus, it will cost them their lives. And if you are simply not confessing to know Christ because you're scared of what you might lose, some kind of temporal perk, then you love the glory of man more than the glory of God. And you're just as guilty as these authorities. Let me read for you Matthew 10, 16 to 22 and 26 through 33. It says this, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of man, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in the synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brothers will deliver brother over to death and father his child and children will rise against their parents have, and have put them to death. And you will be hated by all for my namesake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 26. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. 
What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him, that is God, who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than the sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. So do you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Do you confess to know him? Or would your friends, family, etc. be surprised to find out that you go to church and youth group? Are you motivated to share your faith with others? Or are you fearful and try to keep it to yourself? Maybe in response to today's message, you need to respond in repentance with the sin of silence. But you cannot claim to believe in Jesus, but then not confess him. And if you do that, in the end, you will face judgment, which is what we see in the rest of this passage, verses, verses 44 to 50. And Jesus cried out and said, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me, excuse me, may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Now, there's some debate as uh, to whether or not Jesus directly said this in this moment, or if John is bringing this up later on as uh, he's writing to a specific group of people that was not there. But regardless of if he did or didn't say it directly, what we see it here in this final paragraph of chapter 12 is two things. The first thing we see is a summary of all of Jesus' teachings. Jesus had been sent by the Father. The Father is the sole authority in his ministry. Jesus is the light shining in the darkness, trying to bring salvation and eternal life to those who show faith. The second thing we see, though, is the reality of a, war- of a coming judgment, a warning for those 
who do not truly believe. At this point in his ministry, Jesus has come not to judge, but to save. His goal was the cross. But there is a time when he will come back and he will return and he will judge you for your sins based on his word. But the hope of the gospel is the, is the fact that your sins, if you truly believe in Jesus, have already been judged and dealt with on the cross. The cross was where our sins were placed onto Christ and the wrath of God was poured out on him instead of us so that now those who truly believe in Jesus have had their sins judged and dealt with on the cross can now stand innocent before the Lord our God. But for those who do not believe in Jesus. Christ tells us here that there is a day that is coming of judgment when you will be judged by the word of God. And if you don't truly believe in Jesus and you aren't willing to bow your knee before him today, you will be forced to confess and bow your knee before him as Lord and you will be judged And you will be cast out of heaven and into hell. So don't wait. Don't put it off. The Lord is inviting you today to come and believe in him. Confess him as Lord and Savior. He is willing to deal with your sins on the cross. I want to give you guys a chance now to just silently... Be in prayer. Close your eyes, bow your heads. This is just between you and the Lord. And I want you to examine your heart. Do you truly believe that Jesus is the Lord? And if you do, have you trusted in him for the forgiveness of your sins? When the last day comes, Will you enjoy eternal life with him? Or will you face eternal damnation because you don't actually trust in him today? Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed this teaching. Please visit us at cedarcrest.church slash students.